With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. All right, overnight crowders, we're into our second hour here and, of course, you can keep coming through with your winner and margin for Collingwood versus Western Bulldogs. So keep sending them through via the text line right now. That's probably the best way to do it because we're going to stay with the AFL theme, but we've got Jasper Chelipa on the line from the Inner Sanctum because it's time to do part two, Hawthorne through to Western Bulldogs, looking at just checking in on how all these teams are travelling about a third of the way through the season. Jasper, thanks for your time again here on the Overnight Crowd. Hey, Jen, it's always so much better to chat to you after an Essendon win. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is what I was going to start with, is last week with Essendon, our sort of brief summary and and covering it up in three words was devoid of confidence. And uh, now with a week (laughs) more in the bank, (laughs) maybe maybe already a slight change, or do we need to hold off and see how they go this week? (laughs) Well, yeah, I think I I did elaborate and say um, they weren't playing off instinct, I think the Yep. It was a bit too much in the in the game plan right now, and and that all changed on the weekend, as you as you know, Jed, because um, that last quarter against Hawthorne was fantastic, eight goals, um, and they were playing off instinct, and they were, and they looked really confident. They were running through the middle with Nick Hind and Mason Redmond, and you know the the kind of twenty twenty one Dons that we saw and and took the league by storm um, last season was was kind of back. So uh, that was a huge surprise, personally, considering you know the five outs of. Um, the club had um, an hour before uh, the bounce on Saturday night. So I was yeah, very impressed with their final quarter. And, and we'll see if, if the club can, can continue on with that um, this, this week. Oh, well, very, we are very interested to see if they can go back to back and show us form two, two weeks in a row. But it's time to get back into where we're up to. We're up to H. We're up to... We're a happy team at All right, Jasper, starting with the Hawks, where are we at? Where are they at about a third of the way through the season? It, it's definitely an interesting time to look at the Hawks because you know, they're, they're the team that um, the Dons beat on Saturday night and the last fortnight hasn't been uh, too kind to them. What I will kind of say, I think, and it's, it's flown under the radar in the media over the last few days, is that, yeah, Essendon pulled off a win that they didn't expect to, but Hawthorne was also missing you know, Chenkoth Jaff, um, their captain, Ben McAvoy, Mitch Lewis, their, their you know, spearhead. I think they were losing um, some, some really important players um, on all areas of the ground. So it's not as bad a loss, I think, as, as some are making it out to be for the Hawks, especially considering, you know, the expectations have tempered a little bit over the last month mm. after a really quick start. Um, but I am a little bit worried about some of these veterans um, for Hawthorne. I know they're playing different positions and they're rotating a lot of players through the middle of the park, but Guys like Tom Mitchell and Jay Gromira, um, they're, they're really off the best footy they have. And, and they're not that old. They're still, you know, 29-year-old kind of guys. So they should still be in the primes of their careers. But right now, I'm not sure they're giving enough for these youngsters. Um, and I think the best players in this Hawthorne side are the younger guys like Jai Newcomb and Will Day, um, which is a little bit worrying considering they're still trying to win games and they're not in a full 
um, rebuild phase right now. I think they're trying to come up out of that stage with with Sam Mitchell. Um, I think, yeah, unfortunately for the Hawks, I can't see too many more wins this season. Okay, and you're talking about that not in full rebuild phase. That's got to be difficult for Sam Mitchell to balance. How do you, if you're not committed to a full rebuild, how do you work with those veterans and those young players? Well, you, it is a fine balance, Jen, and they haven't committed to a full rebuild, and, and that's been the talk out of the, the club over the last couple of seasons. But um, when you do bottom out like they did, um, well, they, they had a fantastic end to last season, but they were bottoming out for most of that year. Um, we thought that we could, they could potentially you know, take it on and, and actually move up the ladder like they did in the last few rounds where they you know drew with Melbourne and, and won a few really good games. But um, unfortunately, it hasn't quite... Uh, translated in the last few weeks. And I think the the way forward is probably to to see Tom Mitchell and Jagan Amira move out of the midfield permanently and, and give time to Josh Ward and, and make it Jai Newcomb's business and, um, you know, hopefully instill some confidence in a, in a best and fairest player like, um, like Warple, who unfortunately is just devoid of it right now. So um, I, I think that's the way forward for the Hawks, which may mean more losses um, on the horizon. But uh, in the long term, I think there's a good nucleus here. Okay, that's good to hear for them. Now, the next side. It's a grand old flag. It's a high-flying flag. It's the emblem for me and for you. It's the emblem of the team we love, the team of the red and the blue. All right. Now, we've all heard that song plenty of times <laughs> across this season and going into the last season. It is Melbourne Demons. And I don't know, what is there to say about Melbourne Demons and where they're going at the moment? <laughs> What is there to say? What a team. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're looking at them right now and they're one, you know, 15 on the trot or something. Whatever Jake Bowie's played, they've won. <laughs> yep. um, and I think, it, you know, it's realistic to say that they're not going to go through the season undefeated. I think form swings, you know, will occur at some stage this season and, and there may be, even be, you know, weeks where the media ask if they deserve to be premiership favourites like they are so heavily right now. That's just the way that the media cycle works in, in AFL round by round. Um, a week is a long time in footy, but you know, the way they play for each other and they just do the little things and they love playing together. And this, the, the, the team that they reel out there, um, they just play incredible roles for each other. And, and it, you know, it, exemplified by a guy like Ed Langdon, who came over from Fremantle, um, similar to, to Brad Hill, that, that wingman for, for Frio, who um, were really good on Optus Stadium. And, and Ed Langdon on the MCG is, is an All-Australian winger. And um, he has been for the last couple of years. If you know the Australian selection panel actually chose wingers, he probably would have been uh, the wingman for me in my team um, last year. So yeah, he should absolutely lock up a spot there. And they're going to have a few more where they come, where that comes from as well. With you know Max Gorn, you know, Petrarca, Oliver May, I think Brayshaw down back, and even Charlie Spargo up forward. Uh, you know within all Australian contention. So they're going to have a swath of, of players um, wearing blazers by the end of the season, um, and they're going to be a team that. Yeah, right now it's it's hard to tip against them to win the flag, and I know it is so early in the season, and and they're not one in May, but um, this Melbourne team is an absolute juggernaut. They are a juggernaut now, uh, a team that wishes they were a juggernaut, but uh, question marks surround them. So join in the chorus and sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne. Uh, what can we say about them at this point in the season? Yeah, it is a bit worrying. We know they're in a you know bottomed out rebuild kind of phase, but it's still very worrying when I think an 18 year old in Jason Horn Francis may well be leading their best and fairest. 
Um, uh, to be fair, Ben Cunnington's their best player. He's obviously missing um, and, and may miss the entire season. Um, and Aaron Hall as well has missed a lot of a lot of footy this year. But um, their leaders just aren't standing up on on all levels. I think you know if you're going to have guys um, kind of in your top six to ten players who should be your best players, and they're all youngsters right now. They're all guys like Horn Francis and Jai Simpkin and, and Tyron Thomas on the weekend was really good. I think that's a really worrying sign for a young team that they don't have veterans to lead the way. Um, and right now it's um, it's going to be a pretty gloomy year for, for North Melbourne. You can probably expect a, another first first um, pick to, to be on the doorstep. I think uh, what, what's been a bit ridiculous coming out of North Melbourne right now is the contract talks about Jason Hort francis you know, the, the player um, in him would have little input in, in what his agent is thinking is best for him. If he thinks that Horn France is going to be more worth more at the end of next year, then um, absolutely he should hold off those contract talks. I think you know a guy like Josh Rochelle resigned a bit too early because he resigned before the start of the season, and and about a month into the season, I think his contract could have almost doubled in in value because yeah. he, he started that well. So I believe it's actually the right play for Horn Francis, and and it's not a, a sign that he could be looking to move at all. Yeah, which is the way we tend to take it in the media. As soon as someone says they're delaying contract talks, we look for the the exit sign, don't we? Absolutely. It's a bit ridiculous, but also I understand how the media cycle works and um, that generates the clicks. (laughs) Does it what? Now, uh, this next side, they have had a little bit of a resurgence of late. They needed it after starting the season 0-5 and and being under all sorts of pressure. We've got the power to win, power to rule. Port Adelaide, uh, they've won their last three. Is the season turning around for them? Yeah, well, they started 0-5. At, at 3-5, and five, they're you know, absolutely within that final frame, and I'm actually confident they do make the eight from here. I think they're a better side than a couple of um, teams in there right now. I think 0-5 is you know, obviously a very difficult uh, spot to come back from. I know the Swans did it, I think, 0-6 um, a few years ago uh, and then won a final, but yeah, I'm pretty confident in this Port Adelaide side. I think what they need to do is just persist with, with the youngsters in, in prominent roles like Zach Butters and, and Connor Rosie in the midfield right now. I think um, Mitch Georgiades, there's rumours of him being dropped for Charlie Dixon. I think that yeah, absolutely they just can't afford to do that because Georgiades is, is their future in the forward line and he, he's playing really well apart from you know, missing a few shots on the weekend. Um, and a guy like Xavier Dersma, who's you know been a sub for a couple of weeks and just come back into the side for a late reprieve, I think really needs to be playing footy and, and getting some confidence back into him. Uh, because those are the those are the players that need to take them over the top um, past the preliminary final stage of the last couple of years. They need the exposure in prominent roles. So if they're going to be playing, you know, big minutes in finals, they need the experience um, to back it up. Uh, I think you know the nucleus of Ollie Wines and Travis Spoke and Charlie Dixon and Alia Alia has kind of proven that they can make it up to that preliminary final stage, but they need some others to to go along with them. And, and this is the youngsters that, that need to do it. They play North Melbourne this weekend coming, so a chance to go um, five losses on in the trot and four, four wins on the trot. Yeah, exactly right. The, you know, they've had a couple you know, scroungy wins, especially you know the Saints up in Cairns, but it's also been some really good, hard footy, and that's what they've gotten back to. They've gotten back to really basic footy, and, and to beat the Dogs, I know they had a few injuries, but to beat the Dogs 
on Friday night was actually a really impressive performance and one that's flown under the radar after the weekend. Okay, well, if we continue to move along, we'll fit in one more team before we take a pause and take a break here on the overnight crowd. We are, of course, talking with the Inner Sanctum's Jasper Chelepar doing our ABC look of uh, the vital signs of all of the teams. It's time to look at... Away from Tigerland, a fighting fury, we're from Tigerland. In any weather you will see us with a grin, risking head and skin. If we're behind, then never mind, we'll fight and fight and win for Fight and fight and win. They've got two in a row. The Tigers just beating uh, Collingwood on the weekend and jumping into the eighth. How are you rating their performance so far? Dustin Martin's back. What a big change does that make for them? Yeah, it's still the best team song in footy, isn't it, Jen? And and you're right. They've had a a great fortnight. I think Jaden Shorten, the midfield in the last fortnight, has been really fun to watch, especially for all the super coaches out there. He's been racking up the points. Dusty back, that's you know one of the great news stories of the year. Um, to, to consider where we were thinking about him about a month ago, you know, was there a chance he was retiring? Was he coming back at all this season? That those are the thoughts, you know, running through your head after um, taking leave from the game. Uh, and to see him back in whatever capacity has been fantastic. And his first goal of the MCG was a pretty awesome moment on the weekend. I think, you know, Tom Lynch being in the form he is right now, I haven't seen him in this kind of form since potentially Gold Coast days. Um, he's been absolutely sensational. He's the kind of guy that they've needed for the last couple of years. It allows uh, Noah Bolter to go back as well, where he's absolutely all-Australian quality. So I really love this nucleus. I think they've got the stalwarts at both ends of the ground covered. Um, I think the years of flag hunting, however, has slightly stunted their their growth of, of their younger players. They're not quite contributing to the level that they need to be to... to help out guys like Dion Preston who's on the sidelines and Trent Cotchin who's lost a step, Shane Edwards, um, Kane Lambert. You know, these older guys, I think they just need a little bit more help from the youngsters, which they're not currently getting to, to the capacity needed to be a top four side. But they just have so much quality across the park that if you meet them in a final, it's going to be hard to tip against Richmond at least winning one in an elimination final because they've got so much experience out there. And, you know, if they've got a fully fit list, they're probably going to have like 16 or 17 um, premiership players playing in a final, which, you know, you absolutely can't tip against. Yeah, they would be very tough to tip against in the finals as they just know how to, to get it done. Well, Jasper, we might take a, a pause here on the overnight crowd. And if you stick around, we'll go through St Kilda, Sydney Swans, West Coast Eagles and round it out with the Western Bulldogs. So overnight crowders, stick around. Jasper will be joining me again in just a moment here on the overnight crowd. We're back here on the overnight crowd. We have just finished off Hawthorne, Melbourne, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide and Richmond. We're chatting, of course, with the Inner Sanctum's Jasper Chelepar. And Jasper, it is time to just continue straight into it. It's the Saints time. Can the Saints continue to their march? How are they going throughout this season and what do you think is ahead for them? Well, I might have foolishly given them a, a really good chance against the Ds on the weekend, but at their best, you know, with the contested work of guys like Jack Steele and Brad Crouch and their ability to generate scoring shots efficiently um, with you know, really potent forward options like Jack Higgins and, and Max King, obviously, um, I gave them a really good chance because they're good at what, Melbourne's also good at in that contested side, moving the ball efficiently and quickly. Um, but you know, in the first half, they just got absolutely outplayed. They weren't up to the challenge physically at all. 
Um, and in the second half, the game was over and, and Melbourne was kind of coasting. So they, they did get back into the game a little bit. But I, I'm confident there's still some big wins coming if, if St Kilda keeps their foot on the, on the gas here. Um, they're, they're the only team to beat Fremantle and they did that at Optus Stadium. I thought that was a really impressive win looking back on it in hindsight. Um, and, and they've also had some, you know, really tough losses like Port Adelaide up in Cairns where if it was played under the roof, I probably would expect them to win that one. So I, I think they're still a, a top six kind of a team like they were in 2020. Um, they've got incredible experience around the park and, um, I think, uh, that there's a, there's a genuine chance that they, they're a top four side still. Okay. I just I'm not too sure if they're um if they're quite got their foot on the gas enough right now. It feels like they've still got another gear to go to, and we haven't seen it for a few weeks. Okay, so they need to go up a gear and make sure of uh, a top six. Uh, definitely make sure they're in the top eight. Another tide that's just sitting just above them, but coming off back to back losses. Another personal song favourite of mine. I think that one's an absolute belter as well. Sydney Swans, two losses in, in a row at the moment. Essendon coming now this weekend. Where are they at? Sitting in six. Yeah, well, they are faltering, but um, they'll inevitably come good against the Dons and win by a kick. I think the Swans-Bombers uh, rivalry is one of the, the underrated ones in the league right now. You know, The last, I think, five games have been decided by under two goals, um, which has been pretty awesome uh, as, a, as a neutral. But uh, not often you, you kind of talking up a team like Sydney that, that just lost to the Suns. But I, I love the youth in this group. And, you know, they've lost, they've lost their last two. But I think the experience is still elite. Um, and guys like Errol Goulden and, and um, Isaac Heaney, I, I think are just going to come good and, and give them a lot of scoring options next to Buddy Franklin. So, yeah, they're, they're still still elite and they're primed for a top four run this year, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not um, as down on the Swans as a few in the media have been the last fortnight, but, uh, you know, they, they obviously need to start putting the wins together on the board. But, um, yeah, I'm confident in this Swans side. The Bloods always get the job done. <laughs> the Bloods do get the job done. Now, a side that, look, they've got, I think, they're supposedly financially the, the best off <laughs> there are... Uh, Membership-wise, it's strong, it's passionate. They're one of a two-team town. Where the Eagles, West Coast Eagles, and we're here to show you why. And don't they need to show us why this weekend? There is some trouble at West Coast Eagles. There is. There is. It's been a disastrous season. There's no other way to put it, but... You absolutely need to make the most of these situations. And West Coast has been forced into a, a very sharp rebuild, I think. So blooding the youngsters and, and drafting well are going to be key priorities for West Coast over the next um, six to kind of eight months. I, I actually loved, um, you know, speaking of the nightclubbers, I, I love the response from Trevor Nisbet, unlike a few others. If you're told not to go into to nightclubs um, and, and to go out during, you know, a COVID period in, in Perth that, you know, the rest of Australia had about six months ago, then, then don't do it. A bit like um, with Jack Ginnivan after uh, Anzac Day. If you've got a six-day break rule where you can't go out, then, then you're not supposed to go out. I, I think that's a, a pretty clear um, identification from the playing group that you shouldn't be doing it. And if you have kicked five goals and won the Anzac Day medal, that's, that's awesome. But it still you know, it deserves a talking to from the playing group like he got. So I think Trevor Nisbet's response was... was 
you know, it wasn't over the top like some media suggesting, but you know, it was it was really hard stance that I think was important for the club because it's in turmoil. This is some of the darkest days in club history. Um, with players, you know, genuinely fighting for contracts going out in nightclubs when they have to play top-up players to to even get through the season. I think you just have to respect the rules in that situation. So what do they attempt to tick off this week against Melbourne? (laughs) Yeah, well, you don't want to lose by triple figures, but I think the important thing is just the the key performance indicators from from some of their young guys. I think what I've Seen from Patrick Nation on wing has been really, really awesome. Um, I think the return of Willie Rioli has been awesome, but he's obviously down with that hamstring injury. And then I think, uh, just having having a crack and, and giving a full effort in, in contested situations and running both ways hard, I think that the simple things in football can go a long way to, towards you know some self-respect on the scoreboard. I think that obviously didn't happen against Richmond. The, you know, they just did not... They, they did not put in enough effort to, to not get blown out in that one. But um, against Brisbane, it was all right in the wet. Um, and hopefully, again, uh, on Sunday, it's a watchable game and they actually um, put up a fight. Yeah, hopefully it is a watchable game and they bring some pride back into their supporters. I know the supporters are keen to see what they bring this week. Now, to round out our chat, we're in the W's, obviously. West Coast Eagles just done. Now it's time. Now, the Western Bulldogs, they're sitting outside the eighth. They're in tenth. Uh, I think most would be expecting a little bit more from the Doggies. Yeah, there's a little bit of trouble brewing here, actually, Jen, with, with the injuries especially. I think the game plan will be fine. Their midfield is so loaded that you know they're going to win enough games um, to make the finals. But the injuries are the, are the key worry here because there's you know the absolute talent to go anywhere in the eight, you know, if they make the finals, they can, they can win the flag as they showed last year, they made it to the grand final from seventh. Um, oh, sorry. Fifth, maybe, yeah. but you know, they, they need the health. So having Tim English out has um, been a huge blow. Steph Martin's been showing the load uh, in the ruck, but being beaten fairly comprehensively the last couple of weeks. Um, Alex Keith is, is such an important pickup from the Crows a few years ago. And uh, unfortunately, he hasn't got a good runner. That you know, obviously Marcus Montepelli will be back this week, but um, losing him on for Friday night against Port Adelaide was you know probably the the reason they lost in the end. And then Cody Waitman breaking his collarbone was you know just so unfortunate for him. A really bad timing because they needed goal sources with Aaron Norton just getting double teams at all times. Uh, I think if they if they're not going to have another key forward presence up there Cody Waitman's got to produce two goals a game and and be a you know a borderline all Australian forward pocket for them to to actually kick winning scores right now so I think there are some some serious issues of the dogs revolving around injuries but in terms of the game plan in terms of Luke beverage uh, I'm not worried at all about um, their ability to win enough games to make finals as long as their injury list stays a little bit um healthier Okay, now here on the overnight crowd every week we do a winner and margin um, segment across this this show Tuesday into Wednesday. Uh, this round it's the opening game, uh, so Collingwood versus Western Bulldogs. So while I've got you, Jasper, who would you say is going to win, and what's the margin? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who comes back for the doggies um, because if Kim English is back and, and the like, I think you have a really good game against uh, Darcy Cameron, who you know has quietly been very good over the last two weeks, but. If they get Bont back like we expect and, and Tim English and maybe one or two others, um, I think the Dogs should do it fairly comfortably at Marvel and, and hopefully um, 
well, I think probably three to four goals would, would be the margin there. So I'll go 21 points. All right. You're locked in. You've got a chance to become the overnight crowd carryover champion, Jasper. So <laughs> thanks for um, the time over the last couple of weeks and the work you've done into putting into, into these teams and giving us a bit of a health check at around this sort of third of the season gone by. It's been a, a real eye-opener and real pleasure to have your expertise on the show. Thank you so much. No, it's been so fun to join you, Jen. Enjoy right. tonight. Looking forward to chatting to you again in coming weeks. But uh, that was Jasper Chelipa from the Inner Sanctum just covering off, finishing off our A to Z or Z, depending on how you say it, of the AFL teams. A bit of a health check on where the teams are all at. Of course, let's continue the conversation. It's back over to you, Overnight Crowders, one three hundred seven three six seven three six and 433 Jasper says dogs by 21. Who are you going? Let me know after this on the Overnight Crowd. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.